This episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast is brought to you by the Replanted Conference. Join us next year in Chicago, October 24th through 26th, 2024. Visit replantedconference.org for more information. You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. It's for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. The Empowered Parent Podcast is a developmentally informed, trauma-sensitive, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Greetings, my friends. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another episode recorded live at Replanted Conference. Uh, joining me is my compadre, Ryan North. Hello. Uh, Kayla is, uh, well, Kayla has other duties at the moment that we are recording. So we are flying without uh, our third member. But joining us is Kim Botto, one of the speakers here at Replanted. Kim has been a pastor of uh, children's ministry in the past and works with churches today to provide uh, safe environments for kids of all ages. Welcome, Kim. Hi, Chris. Ryan. Hello, Kim. Hello. S- subbing for Kayla right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have to just issue an apology for the loud voice <laughs> in the background, which just got cranked up again. The, the, they're, they're tearing down, and they've got music playing. and yeah. It's been a really fun couple of days, and it they're celebrating, fun. guys. Don't be yeah. complaining no, about the noise. There was no complaining. I was just explaining. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just noting that. That's I'm right. explaining, not That's complaining. Right. That's That's right. I love doing Johnny Cochran rhyming, rhyming couplets. <laughs> it has two, been fun days. You're so. two for two today. I'm two for two, baby. <laughs> okay, so what I want to talk about. Yes. Is, it's funny because you and I have had um, telephone meetings. Yes. Zoom meetings. Yes. Emails. Yep. And met for the first time three weeks ago. Yes. It was wonderful. <laughs> is that weird? You screamed at me. I didn't you scared me. <laughs> I just wanted you to know I was happy to meet you. I was very happy to meet you too, Ryan. Okay. So um, so what I wanted to talk about, because um, Chris said, what do you want to talk to Kim about? <laughs> so that's what I want to talk about. Um, in your session this morning, you talked about the Israelites crossing the Jordan River. Yes. Do you mind, first of all, just kind of retelling that, that story the way you did this morning for those who weren't here so they can hear it and then, uh, then talk about that a little more? Would that be okay? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about just remembering that God's for us. And at the end, part of the challenge was to just take a step. And, I mean, followers of God have been taking brave steps for a number of years. It yeah. re- requires action on our part. Mm-hmm. And as far as, is that the... Um, Pre that you wanted, or did you yeah, want more yeah. pre? No, no, like like unpack the story, like tell the story the way you did about how they how God calms the waters and it's flood season. Yeah, like there's, okay. there's a lot of detail so, I think for context. So yeah. God had actually told Joshua that I mean they're they're getting to the Jordan River. You know the promised land is in reach, except they have a very formidable barrier to that, and that mm-hmm. is the Jordan River that's at flood stage. Yeah. And I think we see a lot of pictures of the Jordan River. It looks like this really calm, sweet river. That you can just, you know, inner tube like down. It's a wide stream. Yes. Yeah. Pictures in yes. Yeah. Yes. But during flood stage, it's turbulent. There's very strong current in it. It is. Whitewater rafting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, Chris. It is a very, very strong stream. But what God said, 
was that the priests were go- were to put their feet in the water. Mm. So as we read on, it's time, and they're going to cross, and they're breaking camp, and the priests go to the edge of the water, and it's not until they actually stick their feet in this raging river. Mm. I mean, you know, I imagine logs coming down, and I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in the river. When they put their feet in the water, when they take that brave first step, that's when God then makes a path for them. And I have seen that in my own life. Mm. I would much rather stand on the riverbank, (laughs) you know, (laughs) where it's dry, and wait until he makes a path and then take that first step. But what he has shown me over and over again is that I need to go ahead and take that first step. And when I take that first step, he he will make a path for me. And... When he does make that path, it may still have like some big old rocks at (laughs) the bottom of the riverbed and it might be muddy and it might be a little bit sloppy and I might slip and slide, but he will make a path, but it's going to require faith and trust in me to go ahead and take that first step. Yeah. So when, when I didn't think about that in the session this morning, but just when you just retold that, it reminded me of, um, the third Indiana Jones movie, the last crusade. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because remember when they're looking for the Holy Grail yep. and they have to the, cross this bridge to co- cross this huge chasm and and he has some idea of where he thinks the bridge is. But well, he doesn't know. It's a leap of faith. Yeah, it's a leap mm-hmm. of faith and he just slowly puts that and I just remember the look on his face when he actually finds footing with his foot and that's mm. what I thought of when he told the story. I think a lot of us don't make progress because we don't ever take the first step. Mm. Right, because it's scary. It yeah. is scary. And we don't know where that what that next step is going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's like just the thing we're doing right now. Years ago, I don't know if you know the, the origin story. Chris and I have a conversation. I said, your voice sounds awesome. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> and, so, um, and so we did about four or five episodes, and then we got Kaylee involved. Um, don't, whatever she tells you, it was kicking and screaming. <laughs> like the story now is a little revisionist. Five years later, she's like, I don't want to. Um, and, and, and we said... It's nice. It's just not relevant. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. um, so she got involved. But even for her choosing to join us, she had to put herself out of her comfort zone. Yeah. Right. But she had to take the first step. Um, you know, I think she's a great teacher. I think she's a great Absolutely. speaker. Yes. I think all of those things. She doesn't think she's a great speaker. She says, I'm a good teacher. So I, I, I accept that. Kayla, you're a great speaker. Yeah. But I'm like, Kayla, you need to be down there in the big room. Because like, sometimes we'll do stuff with churches together. And then I will just, I will just, when it's like she has about five minutes of the presentation, I just go sit in the audience and watch her mm. for a couple of reasons because I enjoy, enjoy watching her speak. And number one, so she can feel, realize how comfortable she is up there by herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for her, that was a leap of faith to, to do that first thing. I remember the first time we spoke together at a conference, oh my gosh, a long, long time ago now. She was a classroom teacher and then wanted us to do a session on, um, on really how to, how to advocate for your kid in the classroom. Not, not like at the, at the school and the IEPs and all that stuff. But just but with the teacher. With the teacher. Yeah. Yep. Give me some good tips on how to, to connect with the teacher so the kid will see my kid. The teacher mm. will see my kid. And um, the video of that, you know what? I'm going to find that video and post a link to it. Oh, she is going <laughs> to. She's going to hate you. In future episodes, <laughs> if I'm missing, you'll know. It's because Kayla North we'll, killed me. We'll know why. Um, but, but that video, she's standing next to me holding my hand mm-hmm. and she would she would not speak unless we were holding hands and um and that went on for a couple of years and then and then she said uh, and then somebody invited us so that was when we were just volunteering but then i took the job at the church running tapestry 
and uh, somebody invited us to come to an event in Nashville, and they wanted us to talk about uh, open adoption. And so they said, there's four sessions. Can you do open adoption one and four? And, and they said, while you're here, would you do something else? And mm. I said, yeah, sure. I mean, we, we came to work. Right. And, uh, and I said, how about we do this? How about I do one by myself, and Kayla does one by herself. <laughs> you volunteered her. I did. And then I called and I said, babe, I have news. There's this organization in Nashville that wants us to come to a conference. They want us to do a session together, me by myself and you by yourself. I already said yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. And so she's like, okay. That is a brave first step. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. She's like, okay. And, and, and she'll tell you this. So she might have even told the story before. She doesn't hide the story. But I remember sitting in that, in that crowd and, and sitting at, at the table and just thinking, I'm not getting back to Dallas alive. <laughs> like, I, I just thought this was going to end poorly for me. She, uh, she, she, she kind of stumbled over her words. Her mouth was very dry. She'd stopped, not mid-sentence, mid-word to drink water. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, she's never going to forgive me for putting her in that position. Mm. And then about, I don't know, 25 minutes in or so. She it, warmed it, up. It's, it's like the, the Lord went and stood next to her and said, okay, enough's enough, child. Mm-hmm. Whacked her upside the head, which, of course, we don't advocate. Right. Um, no. <laughs> rattled yeah. everything into place. And then she just, like, crushed it. The last, it was like the tale of two halves. Wow. It was so good. And she has never looked for back. But if she had said, insisted that she wasn't going to do it, yeah. not just, not just would, would that all be different, obviously, but all of the families who have benefited from her taking that very first step and right. wanting to do it, because that's like 10 years ago now. Yeah. And so all of the families that she has spoken to, that she's coached, that she's taught, mom's retreats, all those kinds of things now, none of those people would have benefited from her wisdom and lived experience if she just stayed on the bank where it was, mm-hmm. where it was uh, comfy. Well, and I think this story, though, also shows the importance of community. Yeah. Had she not had you, Ryan, first of all, to stand by you and hold your hand and feel secure in that. And it sounds like you may have pushed her a little yes. in that first step, but you knew that she could handle it. Yes. You weren't pushing her into something dangerous. You were pushing her to something that you felt she could do really well and be a benefit to many people. So that's why we have to have people around us who know what we know who we are mm-hmm. and know what we're capable of. I'm, I'm clipping that and sending it to my wife. Just that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, Kayla, for, no. what, for your experience. No, but no, it was good for her. It was. It was that's, yeah. how she, that's how she found out she could do it. Well, yeah. uh, you know, she, and she'll even admit to this day that she's grateful for it. She will even admit to this day that she's grateful for it because she now sees the benefits uh, for other families. She's so much sure. more comfortable with it. She's much more creative. It allows her to be um, more, more direct in like one-on-one coaching. And like yeah. it's changed a lot for her. And, and I will, you know, and this is not, not even meant tongue-in-cheek. I tell people this all the time. If at the end of my career, my life, however you want to analyze Ryan North, I will maintain that my greatest contribution to orphan care was mm-hmm. to get her comfortable with yes. kind of people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like all the rest of it for me still to this day is second behind, behind the fact that she's now comfortable mm-hmm. on the stage. And I think that's a good message for all of us. Like our story can provide hope to other people. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if we don't tell our story to other people, right. God can't do anything with it. And he can actually use our bumbling and our, you talked about dry mouth and long pauses. He can use that to bring hope to people. Mm-hmm. But if she's just sitting there in the front row, well, there's, there's no story. Well, and so we're going to the re-conference in Kansas City in February next year. And, 
And so um, Jen Decker asked if we would do um, collect the digital, the, re- the replanted, the, the, um, the flip the script stories. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like 20, 25 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, but they call them my perspective stories, mm-hmm. and so um, our twelve-year-old has profound special needs, and so she, so she wants us to talk about not just the physical special needs, and then, but also some of the special needs that come, ac- you come across kids, vulnerable kids, right, emotional, right. mental health issues, and things like that, and so she said, look, you can do it, Kayla can do it, or you can do it together. Mm. That's your call. Just tell me what you want to do. So I told Kayla that, and she immediately goes, well, me doing it is off the table. <laughs> and I said, that's a mistake, KK. You're like, that feels like a challenge. <laughs> and I said, okay, so me and you then? No, I think you're better at that than I am. You nope. should do it. Mm. And so, um, if you, both listeners. Both the minimum. Listeners, her email is Kayla at <laughs> onebighappyhome.com. You guys laughed. I'm saying that again. Kayla at onebighappyhome.com. Email her with words of encouragement, if you would, please. And don't worry, this is our secret, because we all know she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, none of us do, because we heard it when it happened, right? I listen to the podcast after the fact. Oh, okay. So I guess just me and Kayla. Just you and Kayla. <laughs> I'm glad somebody's listening, Chris. I am too. And learn from recordings. Yeah. Okay, so you are a grandma. Yes, I am, of 10. Of 10. And mom to five. Five. For some reason, I thought four. Um, I loved your family picture. My favorite part was the little <laughs> was grandkid great. who was facing the wrong way. Right, right. Standing on his tippy toes to look over um, like a porch fence. Yeah, right. So, right. <laughs> so it was very, very cute. Well, you know, the first time I used that picture, it, I was speaking at a conference, and I guess I really hadn't looked at it that closely. And like, we put it up, and People are going, there's kids with no shoes. There's kids that aren't looking at the camera. And I went, oh, I think it's just such a normal part of my life. Right. You didn't even That's right. blink. That's right. I, I don't know many kids who wear shoes, come to think of it. True. True. Like, Especially at that age. At that age, yeah. Little children are anti-footwear. True. Um, we just put it boldly. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife never outgrew that. Um, so at our house, this is what I learned about kids' shoes. And I know we're just kind of scatter shooting about kids' shoes. Uh-huh. But I learned that kids' shoes are... Um, one shoe is like the firstborn. It's very well behaved. It follows rules. <laughs> the other shoe is like the youngest kid in the family. <laughs> you and, never know uh, where you're going to find them. And, and so we have this basket outside our front door that we, uh, that we very cleverly and creatively called the shoe baskets. Mm. So when people nice. come in our home, they kick the shoes off in the basket right. because that's part of it. The other part of it is that when we have to leave, yes. presumably we can find shoes. <laughs> right. I was actually, when you said that, I thought it probably doesn't have much to do with keeping the floors clean. It has more to do with when we leave so we can actually leave in a timely manner. Yes. Find the shoes. Because yeah. what we discovered for us to get out the door is a 30-minute process. Yes. Because the children have to um, they have to take, find the, lo- the, the, the entourage of lovies when they were younger. Now it's like, like we'll go to Kayla's house and it's like 20 minutes. So Kayla's parents' house is like 20 minutes away. And they're acting like they're on some flight to, to, <laughs> to like Los Angeles or something. So they've got to have their neck pillows and their, and their headsets. It's a 16-hour flight to Mumbai. And, and, you know, and, and their, and their uh, iPads with the downloaded movies on it. And then, but then we can't find the shoes because that firstborn shoe, well-behaved shoe that it is, is in the basket. Mm-hmm. But the youngest child's shoe is like run upstairs and he's hiding under <laughs> the bed. One in the van and one in the bushes out front. <laughs> yeah. So like our special needs, so, so I'm responsible for dressing Addie in the morning when she goes to school. And I can never find her darn shoes. 
need to buy more shoes. Because what she does is they'll, they'll bring her home from school, and part of taking her bag and getting her in, a, in her chair for a snack and stuff, they don't ever take her shoes off. Mm-hmm. But she she takes her shoes off, but she only ever takes one off, and then she loses interest. Yep. Mm-hmm. So wherever three sh- she throws her shoe, and if you know anything about my family, as Chris does, you know we are like leaving it to the very last <laughs> second yeah. to get out of bed <laughs> to get Addison ready. Uh-huh. So now it's like a bit of a shoe fire drill at my house. Okay. Back, speaking of footwear, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. step, stepping into those waters, though, though again, because I do want to, I do want to come back to that. Okay. Because the lovely Kayla North is joining us right now. Welcome, Kayla. Kayla We've been this talking about you. We have been talking about you, and uh, in a very good way. Kim offered encouragement. You should probably go and listen to this episode. Yep. I will definitely go listen to the episode. Yep. Okay. I appreciate you, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You have a lot to offer. Yes, come on. Continue using your voice, Kayla. Come on, KK. Thank you. I should pick up the microphone if I'm going to speak, huh? Yeah, you should. <laughs> That'll help. Yeah, you should. It'll help we not having it laying on the table. Yeah, we just muted your mic. Said it wasn't just picking up Sister Sledge in the background. That's yeah. probably good. Okay, so we were talking about um, but Kim's story from her session this morning about standing on the banks of the Jordan and taking mm. that first step because... Because it's nothing, hard. nothing happens because the waters don't calm. God doesn't hold them back. They don't get across over mm-hmm. any form of any form of non-water flowing before the priests put their feet in the river. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we were talking about the importance of the first step. And then I did ten minutes on um, on your journey to become a comfortable public speaker. Oh, of <laughs> course you did. <laughs> Tell them about all my embarrassing uh, moments as a. One or two public may have been mentioned. Just the one in Nashville. Oh, just the one in Nashville where I took one. a drink mid-word? Yes, I actually yeah. mid-word. That's exactly what exactly you described it. I was like gulping water, like hoping that I was just going to be struck by lightning or just like <laughs> melt into a puddle at that moment. And was, you weren't. I wasn't. You I wasn't. I, I overcame that. <laughs> I might have tried to kill my husband at some point along the way, but... Maybe. You overcame. No. You I overcame. You're both still alive. You're married. We're both that's still right. alive. Raising your We're kids married. and you're both still speaking. We are. That's true. That's the key takeaway yeah. here. That's what I was sharing. Taylor's voice is heard. I was in a, doing a mom's group the other night and everybody had to share something about themselves that people in the group might not know. And so mm-hmm. I said, I'm afraid of public speaking. And they were like, <laughs> Kayla, but what? You are a public. Isn't that what you and do? They're like, don't you travel and speak all the time? I'm like, yes. And I said, and it makes me nervous every time. For real? You know? Yeah. Still? Yeah, still. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I get Once I get going, then I'm fine. I get that first head nod from somebody that like, oh, what I said actually made sense. Instead of that look of like, you don't make any sense. You, know, <laughs> so you that can I'm get afraid. over it quickly. It I just can get takes over it quickly. Well, you yes. know what? Every time I am in a session where you are speaking, I am going to be nodding. <laughs> Thank you. You can be my first yes. nod. <laughs> yes, I will be nodding. And then, and just sit on the front, nod, and as soon as she seems comfortable, just get up and walk out. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll send you a bobblehead of me <laughs> that you could just put there, and it will oh just be gosh. up there well, nodding. That would be amazing. Well, That's what not, I should do. Well, let's not go past the breaking news that there are bobbleheads of Kim out there. Oh, no. They're not. It would have, not. To, be have created. to create that have one. Oh, if, anybody, gotcha. if anybody knows where we can get bobbleheads made, please email us. <laughs> uh, for real. I know they're out there. Custom bobbleheads get made all the time. We just oh got to figure gosh. it out. That's, That's right. hysterical. 
People would be like, why on earth do you have a bobblehead of somebody sitting but, on the desk in front of you? why everybody gets encouragement in different That's ways. Right. Okay, so, so bobbleheads, this isn't meant to start a political conversation. Okay, um, good. But, mm-hmm. uh, but we are in <laughs> Chicago, so I'm going yes. to mention former President Barack Obama. Uh-huh. Um, I think that his face is the actual face that all bobblehead dolls are based on. <laughs> Do you remember with Texas Ra- former oh, wow. Texas Rangers uh, shortstop Elvis Andrews? Yes, yeah. that, that we Elvis went to Andrews the bobblehead night, night at the game. Them, and they all look like Barack Obama with the Texas Rangers. <laughs> they do. It, it was pretty like funny. He president. was like, what? Was I like, am going to be crazy. looking for him in all future maybe, bobbleheads all bobble that heads. I see. Maybe yeah. the uh, bobblehead company wanted to save some bucks and not redesign, so they just... They just grabbed one they'd already made. <laughs> President Obama's. <laughs> and you repurposed it. I, I think hilarious. he's a handsome man. It's not a bad choice, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, right. I mean, if I remember when I get home, I'm taking a picture of it and send it to you. Yeah, interesting observation. Thank Thanks you. for sharing that, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> I'm sure that will be very beneficial to all of the listeners. Yeah, all the listeners will be if, like, if what all, on if earth? If anybody was at KFO and heard Kurt Thompson, Kurt said, don't be critical. Oh, that's Ken. right. Yes, I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I actually said it's a good observation, and then yeah. I said too much more. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> you kept the was other thoughts yeah. that were already in your head. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will say that out. Kirk Thompson, if anybody is listening that doesn't oh. know Kirk Thompson, you need to oh, look him up. So you great. need to listen to his videos. You need to read his books. Do you listen yeah. to his podcast? Yes. Okay, I have to listen to every episode twice. Oh, it's, there's so much. I'm just like, like with the books. You pretty much have to just, read the books. Yeah, twice. you kind of have to read the books slowly. Twice. I'm like, I don't know what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> He's so smart. And I'm like I'm not like I'm not like a genius or anything, but I'm not a I'm not like I'm a like dummy. A, well, I wasn't going to say that, as a, <laughs> but but I'm like I'm like I'm like I'm a smart-ish guy. Hey, you are. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. then I'm like Sure. Oh, I remember one time he said on the podcast, um, memory is a much is as much about remembering the future as it is about remembering the past." Oh, wow. And I'm like what? Remembering <laughs> the future. I need still to write that down and think about it. Yeah. Remember, yeah. memory is as much about remembering the future as it is about remembering the past. Wow. Yeah. That is a wow moment. I listen. He explains yes. it. He's, here's an example. He says, "Your memory, remembering where you put your keys, is only about remembering the future mm-hmm. because you can't get them in the future if you don't remember where you put them in the past." Mm-hmm. Okay. And so he makes the point about how our memories dictate so much of what happens in the future. Yeah. But we only ever think that it's a recall, recollection of the past. Wow. It's really good. That's yeah. really good, especially when you think about our kids who have really hard stuff yep. yeah. in their past. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, so, I did a, so I just feel like we're scatter shooting with you now, which is okay because I love well, conversations. Well, we've, we've been at a conference for three days. Yeah. We're, we're all kind of tired. On a, mm-hmm. Well, no, so I did a session this morning on uh, what is it called? Connected Parenting in the Heart of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my, my, my contention is everything that you know about neuroscience, everything that you know about trauma-informed care is actually in the Bible. Oh, for sure. You, we, just yes. didn't know what, we just didn't know what to look for. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And, um, and so we unpacked just a handful of my favorite examples of that with the group today. And, and I've had people come up to me all day and say, dude, that really challenged my thinking. Mm. I've had people say, can you send me those Bible verses? I really need to like ponder that a little, a little bit more. And so to me, the highest compliment you can give me is to mm. say what you said messed with the way I see the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I don't need to know that it encouraged I mean, if it encouraged you, that's great. I'm pleased. If it instructed you, I'm great. I'm pleased. So those are all great things that happen. But if you tell me, dude, it really challenged the way I think, yes. that's when I feel like, okay, you did your job today mm-hmm. yes. as opposed to anything else. So nobody walked out. Uh, I did warn them. 
that I would be direct and they might not like everything that I say. Might be a little confrontational. Yeah, I warned them. But nobody walked out. That's good. Yeah, it was good. Well, speaking Always. of feedback for when you go talk, can we talk about what All Kim right, said to you everybody. before? <laughs> what you. happened? Wasn't it Kim that told you, gave you the blessing? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, Kim. Oh, my gosh. Best <laughs> prayer ever. That was awesome. Yeah, but and you felt known and loved in that prayer, didn't you? Yeah, because yeah. I yeah. get told all the time, don't say something dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my wife, she'll hold my face, she goes, engage the filter. Yeah. <laughs> engage the filter. Please remember, you have a filter. He, he always tells me he has a filter, and I then do. he says stuff, and I'm thinking, I don't think you have a filter. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it. It may, you'd be amazed at what I didn't say. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I want to know. So, so Kayla, Chris and I toyed with the idea of doing Unfold a new podcast called Unfiltered. Uh-huh. By the way, if, listeners, if you'd like to see that, <laughs> let us know. Do, Info don't let us know. Again, Kayla at one. <laughs> <big happy home. laughs> yeah, definitely let me know. That's right. Then I, I can. I think uh, that could be kind of fun. Thank oh, you. Gosh. Thank you. Oh, wow, the first person we'd, we float the idea. But we'd have a whole different audience makeup. I think if no, it was for sure. That's not yeah. what she said. For sure. What she said was, if you two can figure out how to make how to make sure it's not linked back to me, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> For real. Chris and Ryan, unfiltered. Ba-da-ba. So if you hear about an unfiltered podcast and it has no names, but it sounds amazingly like Ryan and Chris, <laughs> yeah. it's not them. Somebody I, I will, else. I will say this, that, um, that we likely do hold back on the things I actually want to say. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's just some hard truths we need to confront people with. And, and they're just not ready get, for them yet. And we mostly don't get to them. Well, I think that isn't that... That's a sign of maturity that there's a truth, but maybe it isn't the right time to yeah. deliver mm-hmm. that truth yeah. or the right environment. I mean, and yeah. so I think, I think, and I completely agree with that, but I think that's an indicator of realizing that, that whatever this, I think what's just generically called the orphan care movement, mm-hmm. yep, it's really still in its infant infancy. Mm-hmm. It really oh, there's is. so much more to unpack and uncover. I mean, mm-hmm. I just think even from 10 years ago, what people knew about trauma and you know trauma informed care and yeah. what people know now you know we started we became foster parents 19 years ago and wow. yeah and i'm like 19 years ago we became foster parents and i think back to our training and what we were taught and told and i'm thinking they didn't even scratch the surface no. i mean yeah. they did te- there were some trauma informed principles for sure that were in there they didn't even scratch the surface right. of yeah. what we know now, you know, we've learned so much even in the last five years about the brain and right. everything. And I'm just like, well, and I think can't you guys, what we're going to keep learning. You work with a lot of churches. I work with a lot of churches. Right. I think churches, I always say the biggest challenge and opportunity is what do we do with the kids we don't know what to do with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they simply don't know what to do. Right. And I think, I don't know what, about your experience, but my experience a lot has been it, it, it gets over spiritualized. Yes. And yeah. it's, well, what do you do with a kid where parents think it's trauma, but we know it's a sin issue? Yes. <laughs> oh, you've never heard uh, that, Ryan? No, I have an answer for that. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, we've heard that too many times. I mean, so many times. And not, ju- not even just from churches, from parents like who, are, who are training, concerned about that. Dad walks up to me and he says, I heard everything you said for three days, but, but you never addressed sin. Like I'm like, the kids are yours. Mm-hmm. He just looked at me. <laughs> I was like, what do you want to confess to? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Are you watching pornography? Your wife doesn't know. Uh, that's right. that's Again, that's me. the yeah, unfiltered yeah. part that that's he, right. uh, he sometimes he says things. But it's, but it's true. It's true. It's true. Thank you, Kim. It it's true. 
<laughs> yeah, I had, I was talking to somebody and we'd had a really difficult conversation. And then I said to her, Hey, as you're praying about this, if there's anything that God says to you that I need to hear you mm-hmm. know, about me and what I should, please let me know. And she said, well, actually, that's not how God works with me, typically, because there's so much that he's working on with me. He's usually talking to me about, he's talking about me and not other people, which I think that's what you were saying to that parent, Ryan. Yes, yeah. Like, yeah. hey, Dad, let's, let's, let's pull out some stuff that you might need to right. deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, let's talk about log in your eye. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can pray for our kids, absolutely, for the sin issues they may have, but we got to be fixing our own stuff. Yes. Hey, so so in, 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 in the... Um, in the, in the uh, session this morning, um, while, while the Bible has very precious few direct parenting instructions, in the context of how many verses are in the entirety of the 66 books in the Bible, it's a very tiny percentage yeah. that actually address parenting directly. Um, but, but the Bible addresses relationships continuously. Right, that's yeah. what I'm going to say, but there's a ton about relationships. Yeah, yeah. so... so um, so I start with Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. Who can tell me what number verse 1 says? Children obey your parents in the Lord. They can order 1, 2, and 3. I said, who knows what verse 4 says? Silence. And I said, you know why you don't know what verse 4 is? Because you were taught the book of Ephesians by adults. <laughs> verse 4 says, parents, fathers do nothing to embitter your children, but raise them up in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. I like that word embitter better than exasperate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some translations are exasperate. Don't exasperate. Mm-hmm. I think children. all the King James and King James derivatives say it. Like we'll say that. Yeah, I think yeah. like yeah. ESV says that. And bitter is a, it's a much well, more it, accurate it, description. It makes you I go, think. oh, oh, yeah. If I said that to my kids, or if I did that to my kids, they would become bitter towards mm-hmm. me. You know, you can, you can. I think you can imagine that more than the exasperated. We're like, oh yeah, they get exasperated about the fact that their video game won't work. Well, I think of exasperation yeah. as a short-term thing. Yes. Right? Whereas bitter, bitter is, is, bitter is like a long-term. Term. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's why I like bitter better there. Better. That, like, yeah, I agree. It takes root. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does, it, that's right. It takes root. It takes root. Mm-hmm. So, sure. so one thing why I I personally, and, and this isn't novel, I'm a big proponent of, re, so people say, you know, this is the read through the Bible in the airplane. Presumably, so we can, as you mature, both as a human being and spiritually, it, you can unpack so much more richness mm-hmm. from yeah. the scriptures. Yeah. Right. I mean, that dude just like did 38 minutes on letting down a net in their combo, right? right? I mean, and so, so you can unpack the richness of it. I think the same is about, about all the books we read. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Carol Dweck's Mindset, I read it once a year. Mm. If you haven't read it, it's a great book. Mm-mm, I great book. Um, you know, most of Bruce Perry's stuff I've listened to, oh. the audiobooks at least twice. Yes. Um, and so because it's continually reminding you. But here's one in re- reading the Bible that just kind of jumped, uh, that, that, that made more sense than ever before. John 3.16, the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world, he gave his son, his only son, that whoever believes in him will be saved, not condemned. Brian's paraphrase. But then I asked you, what John 3.17 says? And nobody can tell me. It's the very next verse. <laughs> it, is, it is the neighbor to the most famous verse in all of Scripture, and nobody can tell me. It says, for God did not send his son to condemn the world, but mm. to save it. Yeah. And it occurred to me last work, well, if God did not send Jesus to condemn the world, I'm pretty sure he didn't send me either. Right. Mm. Yeah. Right. And so, and so if I can, like, like, would like that all of a sudden to me is like, oh, no, that's like weighty. It mm-hmm. hasn't changed the way I respond to people. Because if he did not send his son to condemn the world, 
I know he did not send Ryan. Right. Yeah. He didn't right. send anybody else either. Not our job. Yeah, it's yeah. not our job. Our job is to is to be the salt and the light. And in this movement, it's about pointing people to things like that and encouraging them and sitting with them and crying with them on the floor <laughs> and things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, I feel like I'm just going <laughs> to... Keep going. Keep going. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put my mic down because it's been like 30 odd minutes. I was going to say, y'all been talking for a while even before I jumped in. So Yeah, we talked and about, about you a, mostly. a lot of different things. Yes, uh, you were I a big topic of conversation, okay. Kayla. Oh, goody. <laughs> Go back and listen. Yeah, definitely listen. <laughs> I did point out that you'd have to listen. Yeah, you did. You said that. She did say, he did say that before you came over here even. I know. How about this, Kim? Yes. If this experience wasn't too painful for you, how about in f- sometime in the future, because we, we can record you remotely. We, mm. could, we could come on and we could not just do. <laughs> well, we have <laughs> the like. The noises in the background are too much for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have beeping and yeah. Sister Sledge in the background too. What, yeah. Wait, but will we talk about shoes? No, I think we covered shoes. Okay. But tell them, before we do that, tell us about your bucket shoes. You know, you, used to sit, you think you told me about the two oh. buckets of water. Yeah. So I was years ago, you know, talking about reading the Bible, you know, you read it over and over again. And then something sticks out to you that you've read a bazillion times. And that feet in the water really stuck with me. And it was when we were going through a really hard time with one of our daughters. And I would actually sit in the living room with my feet in a bucket of water going, (laughs) okay, Lord, I've got my feet in the water. (laughs) Show me the path. Show me the path. So good. And that's the people come in. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out. It's too hard to understand. I'm waiting on a word from the Lord. Oh, my gosh. That's hysterical. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm glad you joined us. Yeah. And listeners, we hope you appreciated this kind of little sliver of uh, Replanted Conference. We appreciate you guys listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss in the podcast, you can email us at podcast.onebighappyhome.com. Please like and share the podcast with your friends and family, and you can find us on your favorite social platforms by searching for One Big Happy Home. Thanks for listening.